0: I'm Bay, and you're listening to Bay Baltimore, a weekly pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. This week, I watched Netflix's new limited series, Waco, and I want to have a loose discussion about basically April 19th, 1993, the events that took place on that day and some of the events that led up to that day. Okay, do you remember what you were doing on Monday, April 19th, 1993? About 5.50 a.m. Were you born? Based on the demographics, some of you were not. Especially the the, the demographics of this show. Um, some of you were not born. Some of you were around the age I was, which was at the time I was nine years old. Um... Some of you were a little bit older, so maybe you were preparing to go to to, um, high school. Maybe some of you were um, in college at that point. Um, Yeah, I think that's for the most part my demographic. Very few of you would probably have been going to work unless you were like a teenager going to work. But like on a Monday morning at 5.50, you were likely not going to work. You were likely going to school, either college or high school. Um, based on the demographics from Spotify. So, but if you were in my age range, the age range of uh, the, the kids who grew up on that big old fat, nasty Apple IIe, where you learned, you began to learn how to use a computer when you were a, a kid, uh, a child, and that floppy disk, and then you saw as you were grew older that uh, Apple IIe turned into one of those color monitors. Um and get more fancy, and then you remember the internet being introduced, and you remember chat rooms um, that you should not have been in when you were 10 and 11, Um, and and you remember role-playing games, you remember when you used CDs to play video games, which sometimes you still use CDs to play video games, but you remember the Nintendo cartridge, which if you were in the eighties, you remember the Nintendo contra- cartridge, but you remember some of you may have remember when Mario infrared came out where you would the infrared headset where you would put it on your eyes and you'd play tennis or whatever game that you could get whatever cartridge you could get, and it was red, but like it was the first um version of the Wii basically, which looking back on it now, why the heck was it red? I have no idea was it why it was red, but anyway. Um, and you remember Sega Genesis coming out and then you remember the just the evolution and then I can't keep up with all these game systems, but you, you, if you remember all of those, um, or depending on, depending on your age range, like maybe you bought some of these toward the end of, you know, you're still, you're a young parent and you bought some of these things for your child, um, or maybe even your niece and nephew, um, you remember those things too. But yeah so um and then the, the phone changing from everybody having a beeper and then finding a pay phone which everybody meant everybody but us because we were not old enough to have a beeper but we saw it on the, in the movies and we wanted one or maybe you did maybe you did have one because your parent was like uh, uh like a doctor or something like that or emergency service worker or whatever and so they needed to get get a hold to you and so you have yourself a little beeper I on the other hand Never had a beeper. Looked at other people who had beepers. Um, and then, you know, those beepers turned into those little Nokia phones where you could play Snake. Those little green, those little green Nokia phones, um, which I finally got my mama's hand-me-down one when she got a new phone. And I remember playing Snake and I remember being nice with Snake. Um, and then, but then it got boring real quick because just like all technology that happened seemed like it happened overnight in the 90s like as I was growing up toward the late 90s, it just like switched from being those little ugly green um, green screen phones, real small in your hand, to bigger phones that flipped and they were in color and maybe they still had snake on it, maybe they didn't, but you could call people and you looked fancy having your phone up to your head and stuff like that. And it was Razer, Motorola Razer, everybody had one of those, um, Motorola Razer, And then yeah, it was like Nokia and uh, Nokia and uh, Motorola went back and forth. They went back and forth with innovations because they were popping them out like toast, like real quick. Um, and then all of a sudden, when did it happen? Was it the sidekick? The sidekick was late high school years for me. Late high school years for me. Maybe senior year is when the sidekick came out. Maybe freshman year of college. Anyway, but like the technological advances, if you're in my age range, then you... Then you, you know all about all of that. So I'm probably not alone in saying this, that you probably also watched um, a lot of TV, a lot of TV. And if you were a particular type of child like I was, you watched a lot of court TV and you watched a lot of C-SPAN because that was the bee's knees for me. I wanted to know those things because at that point I wanted to be a lawyer. You couldn't tell me nothing. Um, and so I thought I just needed to absorb as as enough, as much, you know, news and information I could. And so of course, if there was going to be a Senate testimony, there was going to be a testimony in front of Congress. Oh, I was going to be there. Between the ages of 9 through 12, oh, honey, guaranteed, if there was a, if there was a hearing at all, I was going to be watching it on C-SPAN. If there was a court case, honey, because remember, if you're in my age range, you or shoot, even older, you know you watch court TV and you're trying to catch the OJ trial. You know you did cut it out. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, so anyway, it was nothing. It was not abnormal for me to be watching um, as a 9-year-old. World news nightly or whatever. What was that called on PBS? Can't call it. But anyway, those major um, news shows that will come on PBS or whatever your local PBS was or your local nightly news, like not your local news, but like the world news, um, which could include news from other states. And so, on April, let me just back it up. So on April nineteenth, nineteen ninety-five, Monday morning at five fifty. I would've been just, I would've been awake and I would've been just stirring. Um, my parents did this thing where one worked in the morning, worked at the, yeah, there was always going to be a parent at the house. Um, and there was maybe a short window, maybe a two hour window where there was no parent, but there was always for the majority of the day, there was always a parent at home in case something happened. Um, that someone could be there, except for that short little window. And let me tell you something. Did something ever happen with us kids in that short little window? Absolutely. Did we find ways to just wreak havoc in that short little two-hour window? You better believe it. Um, One thing I will share, which is ridiculous, but nevertheless, it totally happened. My brother caught his shirt on fire and burned up his back. Literally. Literally burnt up his, his, he had to get skin graft. Sorry, that's a graphic, but he had to get skin graft. Um, I don't know how he caught his shirt on fire. He was a teenager and he was cooking me breakfast because I was the baby. And yes, all of my siblings, I'm the youngest uh, baby. I'm the youngest child and they beat the crap out of me. They were very rude to me, but at the same time, they would make me lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know what I'm saying? They would always look out for me. So like, my attitude was, why just, why be mean to me? Just skip the, the rudeness. You're ultimately going to serve me anyway, so just be nice to me and make me food. I can't cook. I'm hungry. So anyway, my brother was cooking for me one day, um, and my sister was home, thank God. And my parents, I don't maybe it was a weekend. I can't, no, it was not a weekend. It was a summer day. It was a summer day in 92, 91, something like that. I remember being young. Gur than nine. Um, And anyway, my brother caught his shirt on fire and burned his back up. And in that two hours that my mom had gone to work and my dad hadn't come home yet from the night shift. And I mean to tell you, kids are ridiculous. But anyway, he made it. He was cool. Um, We were. That was a wild experience. And one day I'll go into it. But it's not really my story to tell other than I was just watching it because I had come down. You know, I had come down to get, to retrieve my plate for breakfast. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I was there. Um, and I just watched everything happen and I was just like, cool. And I was the reporter because I was the youngest child. I was the reporter. So I had to relay the information to my father and my mama. Um, because that was my role. You know what I'm saying? I was served well. And so I had to perform. Leave me alone. Anyway, um, <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, so on that Monday, I would have been, no shade, I would have been waiting for my brother to fix me food, because my sister, um, my family is blended, um, so I'm the youngest of six kids, and three of the kids um, from my dad's previous marriage, they didn't live with us. Um, my sister uh, came from my mama's previous relationship, and she had moved out at that point, um, because she graduated in 92 from high school. She graduated in 92. So she was, had moved out at that point. She had moved to St. Louis and, um, and my, did she, no, no, she was at work. She was at work because you could not stay in our household and be graduated and now work. So she had gone to work. And I think my mama had dropped her off or my auntie had dropped her off at work. And so she wasn't there. And it was just me and my brother and my brother would have been making me breakfast at that point or about just about to make me breakfast because we didn't have the same schedule, but we were still in school. He was in high school. Anyway, he was driving. So, of course, he had to be in high school anyway. Um, so he would make me breakfast and then he would get in his car and do teenage stuff, go to school at some point, I guess. And then I would get on the bus about seven thirty to yeah, about 7.30 to make it to school in time for the A15 bus, which, or the 18, A15 bell, which I was never late for. So I wasn't super far from, from, we didn't live super far from the school, but long enough where I couldn't walk and it was rural too where we lived. So, cause at that point we had moved out of the city and I was still regretting it, hating it, missing my friends, but nevertheless, you know, I'm just rolling with it. I can't control it. I'm nine. Anyway, um, so yeah, so my brother would have been just about ready to make me breakfast at about five fifty a.m. Um, and throughout that day, yeah, I would have got on the bus to go to school about seven thirty. About one forty-five, I would have already had yeah, about one forty-five, I would have already had lunch, and we were getting ready to get get out of school because I think that my schedule was for the longest. It was three fifty. It was eight fifteen. A fifteen morning bell. Unless 815 was high school. I'm pretty sure it was like A fifteen. You needed to be in class. And by 315, 315 school let out. And I would have been on the bus. And going home, I would have been home by about 345. Because at nine years old, I didn't have any extracurricular activities, but my brother would not have been home because he was doing teenage stuff, plays or whatever um, at the time. So he was doing teenage stuff. My sister would still not have been home yet, because I think what happened was she would leave with my mom, who would leave to go to work. She worked at an engineering firm in Overland Park, Kansas, which is, unless things have changed, which is all where the engineering firms and the fancy corporations and stuff have their businesses, because it's Fancy over there. Anyway, so she needed to leave early. So I think what would happen is my si- my mama would take my sister to my aunt's house, who at the time she lived um, in um, the plaza, the fancy plaza. She she would take my sister to there. She would take my sister to my aunt's house to wait for her to, until it was time for her to go to work, or she would drop her off early at work, and my my, my sister would just hang out until it was time for her to start work. My my sister um, after she graduated, she worked for a hotel. Um, I think it was like a Marriott hotel or something like that. Some big fancy hotel. Anyway, that's where my sister worked. Um, anyway, and so my mama would go on to, um, Overland Park to go to her, that engineering firm. Anyway, um, so yeah, so my mom, my mom and my sister were gone. My brother was there. My dad was wrapping up his shift by 550. Yeah, he would have been wrapping up his shift because I think it was... Midnight to 7? I don't know. Whatever the night shift is. If you're like in a... If if you work in the night... If you work the night shift, if you're in the healthcare field, if you're in the manufacturing field, whatever the night shift is, I think it's midnight to 7. Because my dad would never be home. He would not be home before I got on the bus at 7.30. But he would... I remember in the summertime, I felt like he was home in the morning. Like it would still be considered morning. But... It wasn't like late morning, it was morning, but he it wasn't 7.30. So he worked in North Kansas City, which was closer to our house in the country than mama's job. But nevertheless, it was still, what, like 45 minutes away. So even if he got off at 7, at 7 o'clock, he wasn't going to be home by the time I got on the bus at 7.30 on that Monday. So um, anyway, so daddy would have been on his way home. Mama would have been on her way to work. Um, my sister would have been at work or nearly there about to start um and yeah so i would have gone on through school got off uh had lunch about i would have already had lunch Kids eat lunch early, though, don't they? So like before, I think I would have probably had lunch about 11.45. And then by one we we'd have been back in class getting ready to wrap things up to go home by 3.45. Or be home by 3.45, because um, school let out about 3.15. So I would have been home. Daddy would have been asleep at that point because he worked. So the thing that he did was he always cooked for us. Daddy is a phenomenal And to me, he's a phenomenal cook. He is one heck of a griller. Okay, he has custom grills. He's not messing around with you people. No, I learned what I know about grilling because I watched him. Because I am an inquisitive child. I've always been that way. So anyway, um, but no, he he's not new to this. He's true to this. So he um was the better cook between my mother and my father. Let's be real. Um, mama can show, throw you know, some mean stuff together, but like when it comes to throwing down in the kitchen, it's daddy, it's, you know, it is what it is. No hard feelings anyway. So, um, so he would still be asleep because remember he worked the night shift. So what he would do is by the time I would come home, I would make, I would need to make sure that I either played outside or I was real quiet watching, watching whatever I was going to watch. It couldn't be anything loud because you know, even if you got a decent sized house, if you can wake somebody up, you know what I'm saying? You can just by being loud. So even with the door closed, but in our house, we didn't have closed doors. Um, so, and, and the way our house was set up at the time, the living room where the TV was, was essentially, how can I explain it? It was like right next to mom and dad, the master bedroom, which is where mom and dad were. Um, my, their, that was their bedroom and so Daddy was asleep in his in the master bedroom did, which either didn't have a door or they never closed the door. I'm pretty sure it didn't have a door because it was never closed. Um, anyway, so he would have been asleep in there and so I would have had to in order for me to watch TV, I would have had to have it turned down a little bit low and I couldn't obviously I couldn't watch anything that was super exciting because I would have woke Daddy up and Daddy needs his rest. So and and plus he wouldn't have gotten up until about five or six to cook us food, have dinner and then go lay down again until he had to get back up to go work the night shift. So there was like a two hour window where mom and dad could like have some time together during the week before daddy would go to work and then, you know, mommy would be in, uh, in bed um, and then they would do the whole rigmarole over again, basically, um, Monday through Friday. And they did that for years. I don't know how they did it, but they did do it. Um, because if you think about it, they really only had like two hours, five days a week for years together. That's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice. And I imagine the fights, cause they, they had the weekends, but like, that's not two days out of seven. That's... That's not a lot, but that was the sacrifice that they made to make sure that nothing happened to us, even though that dumb thing did happen to us. But yeah, so so anyway, so yeah, there was this short little window, getting back to it. So there was this short little window where, um, you know, when I would come home before daddy would get up, that I would have to entertain myself. Because again, my brother was out doing teenage things. My mom, my sister that that lived with us, she was out at work. And my other brothers and sisters, my older brothers and sisters, the other three didn't live with us, so it was just like it was just me. And so, because of the age difference for a lot of years, I've kind of felt like I kind of grew up as an only child because I was literally all by myself sometimes. And so, I would watch, I, I came home that day, and I'm quite sure I was glued to um, world news or whatever that PBS not your local news, but like the world news, whatever it's called. I was watching that. And of course, what was all smacked all over the screen, but things that happened at Wacom. So, um, so yeah, um, I would have been watching the culmination of that. And I think at that moment, I can't remember if I knew that that was a culmination of events that had originally started on February 28th. I think I might've known that I wasn't, I was probably not so so interested in the timeline so much as I understood that some things had happened and it had taken a long time to get to this point and it ended badly. And that at that point, I had, uh, at that point they were reporting that kids had passed away. And so I, I didn't really comprehend I didn't really put myself in their shoes to understand how scary that might be because i was just looking at it kind of clinically to be honest with you at that point i was nine years old and i wanted to be a lawyer and i wanted to consume as much real information as possible and when i meant real i meant news um and world information and my my world was just things outside of missouri things that weren't about the flood which sidebar By April, 1993, we were in the worst part, the beginning of the worst part of the great flood of 1993. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Um, Long story short, it was a combination of a drought the previous uh, summer into the fall. And then a lot of a heavy snowfall um, in the areas in and around the Missouri and the uh, Mississippi River. And then torrential rain or nonstop rain from, for months. Um, I was talking to daddy the other day and daddy told me, Oh yeah, great flood in 93. So it was snow. But then also, I don't know if you remember, you might've been too young to remember, but it had begun to rain consistently in January. So you have the snow and you have the rain and the way that rivers work, you know, if they're running through multiple States, especially the way, you know, the, the Missouri river, comes out of the Rockies and the, the uh, Mississippi river is coming out of, um, the, the mountain range and, and, and um, and Canada. So like snowfall that happens in States away and even Northern country impacts things in the Midwest for sure. And then you have on top of that, just nonstop rain from January through April. And then even in April, it really didn't stop raining, um, until like mid summer, mid to the end of the summer. So by April, we were flood. Everybody was talking about the flood and I wanted to talk about something else. So the something else that I paid attention to were the events that took place at Waco um, on that day. And it was a, it was a welcome reprieve from all of the flooding news because there was nothing I could do about it. There was literally nothing I could do about it. Um, And besides, we lived on a hill, a very, very high hill and even in our little township, the likelihood of us really being impacted by the flood was like biblical, biblical proportions. The only way, my daddy always says this, the only way it floods where we are is if Jesus is coming back because that's the elevation where we live. Like if it floods our house, it's because Jesus is coming back and, and don't worry about packing, you're not gonna need it. Um, and so, so yeah, and, and I, he was even saying that when I was a, a child, I remember him saying that when I was a child. So. I was just like, everybody's talking about the flood. I can't do nothing about the flood. What do you want me to do? Um, So I focused on other things and, and the events at Mount Carmel on April 19th were the things that I focused on. But little did I know that the information that I was absorbing, I was beginning to form, to renew my mind on what I thought was right and wrong. Maybe not what I thought was right and wrong, but who I thought was supposed to be right and who was painted as wrong. Um, even when I was nine and I had followed this case from the time I was nine years old up until about 12. And then, you know, I kind of lost interest that summer because I was going to be third. Well, I was, I was 12 by the time the Janet Reno, then the uh, attorney general for the United States, um, was testifying before, um, Congress about the events that took place years earlier at on April nineteenth, nineteen 1993. And she was, you know, arguing finer points. But from the time I was nine to about when I was 12, my view of authority and rightness and wrongness had changed. And, and it's remarkable how that happens to a child. But, you know, sometimes we don't think that kids can process things the way we as adults can, and it's true that they are limited because they're just limited in the amount of information that they have, but not in the way that they use that information. And so it was just, I will say that the, that case or that instance, even though I did not agree with a, the, the vast majority in, in, of what I understood, and I understood a lot when I was nine, um, I understood what polygamy was, I understood what separatism was, because I understood what racism was. Um, and not, I'm not saying the Branch Davidians were racist. I'm just saying that in the conversation about the Branch Davidians, there were also conversations about white separatists who had had run-ins with the ATF and the FBI around, like, in the years leading up to um, the events on April 19, 1993. Um, and so, yeah, I was beginning to form even at 9 years old i was beginning to form right my under, my understanding of rightness and wrongness and even even though you're in a place of authority that doesn't mean that you are always going to be doing the right thing and just because you said this is what happened doesn't necessarily mean that that's the truth and yeah i think i'd lost interest by the by by the time i was 12 just because i had been moving on at that point you know i was into I was into Tupac and Biggie. I was in, you know, I was really trying to, I was watching Living Single and I wanted to do that. Of course, I was into, I was becoming, I was into the reruns of um, A Different World. So I was, you know, forming who I wanted to be um, and consuming a lot of television and and media that served me. I was still watching C-SPAN and Court TV and Wimbledon because that was my jam. Um, And I was watching the BBC and all of that stuff because at that point, you know, by the time I was 12, I think, when did Princess Diana pass away? I remember watching that whole thing. I remember watching all the news coverage about it because it was that was it was the thing that you were watching. Um, But I also remember, you know, a time where I was coming into my own and I was getting some freedom and getting into extracurricular activities and kind of just growing into myself. And so the things that I did when I was nine and through 12 didn't really interest me anymore. Um, And I didn't, you know, when I was nine, I wanted to be a lawyer. I no longer wanted to be a lawyer. When I was 13, 14, 15, I wanted to do something else. Um, You know, I was into acting and I was into band and all forms of it, concert, marching, jazz, all of that. Um, I had played the tuba for seven years and other instruments for less time than that. Um, Tons of plays, all the track meets, all the volleyball games and some basketball, even though I really didn't love playing basketball. I mostly did it to just stay in shape for track. Um, But yeah, so I kind of grew out of my fascination with watching court TV all the time and um, C-SPAN all the time, but nevertheless, those really helped form who I was. And so I'm just watching the the limited series from Netflix on Waco, drudged up a lot of those, mem- not drudged up, but it made me remember how I felt at that moment and how I felt about the case and then how my view changed about the case, not about the v- Branch Davidians, but about how they were treated um, or at least that whole confrontation how that whole thing went down and kind of uh, largely shapes the way I think about things now. I no longer look at things as black and white um, because it's never black and white. And But certainly the events of the last, what, decade have certainly taught at least black folks in the United States not to look at things black and white. Um, certainly a lot of the atrocities that have happened in um, African countries over on the continent have made babies grow up never looking at things clear cut because they're never clear cut. Certainly across the globe, there are many instances. I'm thinking Russia. I'm thinking in China. I'm thinking in Korea where you never think of, you know, looking at things in black and white, it's not going to serve you unless it does serve you because it'll save your life um, in some situations. And I get that. But yeah, so I think what I will do today is I won't I won't, I will loosely reference the the limited series because I'll get into why I'm going to loosely reference it, but I will spend a lot of time kind of talking about how I interpreted the case through those years, those years that I was following it. Um, and kind of what I understand about the aftermath of that thing now. Um, and yeah, so yeah. What were you doing on April 19th, 1993?
1: By saying, well, kind of picking up where now. I left off, I people thought about the evacuation like, Um, actually, they're Mount Farm, the Mount Farm Center, what the great community called it. Excuse me, the Mount Farm Center, and the are where they live with, the little township is actually at the um, Texas, but they I don't know what they call it, going to Anyway, um, so you know, I haven't seen anything about that in years. To be honest with you, I haven't followed anything. I've lost interest in it. We are in go hearing, um, even though they're discussing the committee hearings and the Danver report that came out about who was at fault um, in. Um, and then you know just generally see things you know my do my own whatever things and I no longer trust already blind blindly, and actually, you know I was just kind of over it but you know, I had even though I was kind of over that, I love watching films and document about things that happened and it's fascinating to me. I think the Oklahoma City bombing was literally from um, the Oklahoma City of um, uh, then White Waco was And maybe... I think it was one yeah, of those things that were the first things that reminded me that I was not only I was thinking. And so when things were come on TV about those things, I could that was one of the first times that I could place myself I tell you where I was when this thing happened. Now, mind you, when 9 11 happened, I was in, Iowa, in high school and 10 year high school. Yeah, 10 year high school. Oh, no! 9 11? Okay, oh, it's 2001. Not bad. Anyway, um, yeah, so I was at 10 year high school. That's um, um, uh, my first semester of my high school. And you now that I was living it, I was like, I was. Uh, that's not something I could have to call over. i do not get a single documentary about it. I've not watched saying misty about it. No, no, I think of that. I did watch one documentary and that was a morbid one to watch. You know, and I do not even tell you what it was. Um, but anyway, I, I don't tend to watch much about it because I was much older and I understood I was old enough to know that I had family members within pair and that I was old enough to ultimately go to college and run into people and become friends with people, to people that have been to the school Or um Or, we had people in New York who could have been in a study camp. Um, I could put myself in the place of one of those kids who went to New York, and one of the places that they went was the North Center because I remember we took a theater it when I was in the States my thought and company My thought was in New York we took a trip, a field trip, New York, and one of the places that we could have gone in was the um, quintiles, um, as they were. and I didn't know we could always see them at any time, and um, I don't know what Greg and I going in there, it's something I of other places, and so anyway, I think I was going to be playing too, I'm going to be too, I'm old enough to understand the consequences of being connected. The World Trade Center bombing um, in the Pentagon. Or so, like, the, the incidents that happened at the World Trade Center in I don't even remember. Even though the bombing of the World Trade Center happened when I was a child, I don't even remember them. I don't even remember Quito. So I didn't remember Oklahoma City. Um, you know? I don't remember what happened to the World Trade Center. The school in there. So, anyway, I. I tended to watch things so related to those first big major events that I would never understand, and I remember being alive for them because of where I was in the same Um, Even though I was alive, I don't remember where I was at the time of this place, I, get, so I don't remember watching TV. I don't remember watching, even though I was alive for it, I of this watch watching as a baby. Um, not a baby, but like I was younger than 70, 60. No, I think it's seven, it's five or six, so I don't remember that. But anyway, um, I do remember there, 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 and so, anyway, over the years, I've watched that and heard a about it. so, specifically about this topic today, right now, I remember watching, firstly, watching aspects of the May 14th film that Luke, Luke Harris, I'll die today, Luke Harris played, I don't know, Tennessee, whoa, he did Frank to be, Luke Perry, David Koechner. He was the leader of the Branch Davidians. Um, and just a little sidebar: you can read all of this stuff, but the Branch Davidians were the group of folks that were being investigated by the ATF in weapons charges and a compound. There have been some folks that have been suspected from the Davidian community, <coughs> community, which. That was did not start with any class, because the very class was not a teacher. That's when it started with someone else, they got in the 60s. And it just really evolved, in the 90s, and 80s, 90s, and here we are, baby girl. And so, this whole thing started, even before we get February 28th, there were applications from members of race at the graduate community that had spoken, saying that they were building arts there, a record. Um, and they were, they recollect what they put in the um, face, talking about the end of the day, and that the end of the day needed to come because they didn't even realize the end of the day. And there was this feeling by those that he expected from the president um, that he was trying to turn his thoughts against the government because and they didn't see themselves as part of the government. And obviously we're proud of them. In the Christian religion, the Protestant, Baptist, non catholic Christians which uh, Christian. the There is a feeling that it's in Scripture. An and many of you are listening to Christian and are Christians, to Christians in the United And you know this too, to be true, and I don't care if you're from the United States or not, in the Christian religion there is this there is this understanding that even in scripture it's taught that you can be in the world, but you should not be of the world. um And of the world means you, being, you, you're supposed to be living your life differently. um You pay your taxes, you you, you know, you pay your taxes, you don't want to run your life, you live as a quote-unquote Christian, and hospital, and, and these are the guidelines, And you know, everybody's different in trying to what the guidelines um, well, are. while we want to see what the guidelines are. Some say that you're supposed to dress in a certain way, some say that, you know, you're supposed to keep yourself pure and every day and so you're not the same. Time. now only liquor and, and drugs, You also such a thing from certain watching certain types of television, and listening to certain types of music, and, and all of that, right? So they're different interpretations of what that means to look the park. but there is this feeling, there is this feeling that we are not supposed to, we're not supposed to really leave with, or at least there's a large number of systems that separate themselves from non-systems the because the idea is that, you know, you've got everything you're supposed to be doing you're supposed to live differently with me, you know, walk around with, if you're like them, then if you are trying to relate to religion, you're trying God. Now, I take religion because, some of the stuff that you might not to do to a lot of, a lot of religious, religious practices are just that, uh, practices that have best think, to do with the spiritual growth and more about the be who, who calls themselves what. And it's not just in the system church, I just, you know, it's more because that's am trying um so anyway, what really is mean, the ending of uh organizing it? Um I'm not in the unorganized community may say a certain thing that i good done it, but uh I know it's so when David Travis and his people, you know, were saying that you want to be separate in the party, we're not looking for it's not sort of a mean thought, especially in the system it's different, it's not a mean thought. Now the rest of union are they weren't Mormons. They were so like a branch of Mormonism that is different and allowed people to use and other things. So I I, I they said that there was a business saying like the mm-hmm. listening and we've got to use between these things you know, what you understood there, and they difference to do and how they practice. Um, and all of that. But the point was that these folks, you know, especially cold the air cold beef. Authorities that you know they're they regret having people care for the need of and the ability to and confidence to protect themselves um, because they already see themselves as stepping apart from, from the United States and from the people around them, but not in a way that religiously you're elevated, but like you know, I'm just and I'm better, and as a result, you're not one of us now, you have to, protect protecting and so with the branch committee, they just voted that they're deceptive to the government. And again, not again, but like, there's no two ways to do it. Right? Like, that sort of, I can appreciate how that language is threatening especially when you couple it with the fact that the person is building an office. The separatist language by any other respective imagination, by any other hand is still very much separatist. And separatism is a threat behind it. Behind it, right? So we don't make sure that we are settling in the part of the army. We've already built the compound, settled the we of the army, already, you know, do all own things, that now we're going to make sure that we're measuring in and we're ready to defend ourselves. And then you get an agency like the government, which uh, I don't to say that I'm anti government I'm certainly not. I'm saying I've had operations to run for president and see things in politics change. My community put together because we're the forces in the army and things like that. But what let like is not the case is that a whole bunch of these typical who are uh, in the power to need this force. And in your case, don't the military don't need this force. And so, in this instance, and in the instance of the force, they really did. While I do not agree with the way that they get responded, Andy was the Andrews Weaver. That's what we're talking about, and Andrews Weaver's dad is, it's changed to white supremacists, um, white, white separatist and, and even what white separatism is we've been racial relations and we've been um, and anti-dusty. Um, so another dad, moving off the grid and and many people in Idaho, many people are in some of the northern states, and even some of the southern states, they're what they're leading, too, they're representative. Maryland, most um, of them off for their to, to live as less connected to society, as confident as a people. They don't trust the government, and they want to create their own thing. You call that what you will, I'm not here to debate the narrative that, I'm not here to, to talk about the mainstream, and that could be involved in that. Who we're talking about but the idea that a person would want to see best from the government is not new Um, but certainly classes that people want to see be best from the government, um it's fairly new. In terms of in the nineties it was fairly new. No, not even fairly new because we had classes in the sixties and 70s, forget, but it's not good. It's something not. new. Um, but nevertheless in the nineties felt like you can't get ahead of it because it's like the eighties it kind of Kind of quiet, even though you have the incident um, in Philadelphia where, I Monday mean, one of the things I'll talk about is that you just had the anniversary where, for all intents and purposes, the city of Philadelphia got the bomb on a low house in um, Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, um, and killed a bunch of people, including kids, that were a part of this Black uh, and Literacy incident. And so that's that, point, the I, think, I think not, but they're non-violent as well. We sort of that, and we'll talking about that in another place, but that we have a history in the United States of the government using military support against folks that they believe a threat. And there's the may be any names that the government has called them. There's an argument there that depending on the color of these people that are separating themselves from the United States in a certain way. Um, on the floor, which is called of the volunteers in That's another concept that people I never the point is there, is, there are several things and you have to accept these institutions. It's very important in to take down small institutions. Uh, small institutions, that different. And uh, again, i not a superior, too serious. I'm not even a separate subject mean that you shouldn't to you I but, like, your authority doesn't mean that you are doing things that you are right, um, as you know, and so anyway, so we get to February 28th, so one thing to the branch of union was deemed as a threat, long before February 28th, Government. And there were allegations of because David Koresh had married had multiple wives, and, and he had this revelation maybe a year, a few, two to three years prior to this incident, like in 2003, where he had this revelation that he was going to take on the burden uh, of uh, sex and responsibility of sex, and he abolished marriage completely from among everybody who was part of the man's speech and began marrying all the women who were in the um in the, the, the religious group, including women who were already there um and made the names of the the tv aspects of that man netflix you know, limited series where it talks about that um and so people had detected him and people had been accepting as a result of that I mean, Dabby and other things. um, they were she was corrective, it did He was in And in the same of he thing, and I remember looking into someone had a to be in for, and he was learning some really from a woman who was the part of the product, of the of the of the board group before he took over, and he the board had into a relationship with her, and she just elderly into she had a relationship with her. And she was, and she um, and she was a beautiful. I believe you were a very beautiful, beautiful woman. So anyway, so, look at this great expression your own, I don't know what is really happening. I don't believe there's anything going on with that group, but I understand that the person is allowed to do the anything they want. Um, it's just when you're marrying fourteen year olds and giving birth and having them give birth to your kids and then marrying the ones that didn't know. Come on, come on. There's no equality. No there. Anyway, so so anyway, so you got this. you already a big bad because you already using stories, especially the stories all the news stories out there about what he was doing. And, and, and things like that. So at this point it, it kind of feels like uh, the more the older I said and the more I kind of talked about what I thought about them, the more I tended to believe that they were just looking for me to go. because again the kind of alligation that I'm on a safety and I had the alligation that him and then to the fire and um, and a whole an or- a whole arc or- of um, Fire on And so the way they yeah, actually involved is he became involved with the women to try to get them in one like, it get them the gun charges because they couldn't get them on the child molestation charges because they were too far They couldn't infiltrate the compound in a the way that where they could get the, you know, the evidence they needed to get them on child um, molestation charges. So they tried to get them the weapons charges, and at a certain point they instructed someone to try to get the evidence, that evidence for them. Um, and I don't know whether or not they got it, I don't know what was the raid, the initial raid on the 28th. Because on, on, on February 28th, 1993, they were supposed to execute the warrant, they said they were supposed to execute the warrant, where they were, uh, they were looking for them, uh, but that they had gotten enough to be a warrant. Whereas if you look at the document, uh, the, um, the, the, military, the, the military, uh, the military, uh, the military on on yesterday, it really doesn't answer the question. Uh, and again, from what I've been between when I was nine and twelve, looking into this case, I've been watching as much as could consuming as much media about the case as I could. I still don't really understand whether or not they had a part for that, I don't know what, participants of the FBI going to, to execute the other than of the FBI's that can only from people from perspective, or maybe it was the FBI who had not even get any of But anyway, on April or February 15th, plan the FBI is going to go in there and compound the formal and execute the warrant to the adults, and that is a miniseries between the M-I-A-R-P. And Paul is interesting. The miniseries on Netflix, which is a whole business, five-part miniseries, um, is based on books written by uh, a person called Kim Do, who is who was actually one, one a priest of the later priests of the data class. He was young, he was young, he he's young, Young one person who had a kid and joined the Rand Civilian one of the last uh, people to join the Rand Civilian and he is there for the easy Um, by the time they happened, to own this, by the time these incidents began or the incident began, And so it was based on what he wrote about the life inside uh the the compound and being part of that and then it was based on um, a book written by an FBI agent who was a negotiator and he negotiated, um, spent a lot of time trying to negotiate the data for us because he one of the two guys. And he um, just an FBI negotiator, they talked about a number of different things they've seen, including the Wake um incident. And so, watching it, I thought that it was quite very much in favor of obviously the FBI agent who was trying to think to be was, who was trying to be the voice of reason, or he was portrayed as a voice of reason, and the FBI just weren't listening to him. Um, and then obviously the guy named Tito, who was a member, who came to the government as overzealous, oh, which well, kind of, I believe they were, but like overzealous oh, and that they regretted his flaws that he didn't. Um. Again, the truth is probably um, in the middle somewhere. I know as easily the government was overzealous as they are about. Um. But I also think that David Koepp and his people wanted innocent actors they're portrayed in this in this um movie or in movie. Even though I do think that. Very possible that it could have been a huge misunderstanding of those two debacles that ended within the 51 day standoff, which continues to be now called a So, anyway, so raising your hand and all the family gives you more information than anyway. I, I it is. Obviously, it introduces the way they listen to a whole new group a whole new generation of folks who probably never have seen this before. And what I would say is, to you my young business who um, google it, look into it, it's not always black and white, it's not black and white, and there's more to the story than what we see on it. Um, but at the same time, what is real is that some dangerous new stuff is happening in the compound, and the government also, I believe, are very active. Um, but they always do the evidence. Unfortunately, a lot of people. So it's not people's black and white, bad so guys and old doctors. And um, even bad guys, definitely, you can be black and white, but long, serious long hearing on both sides. And it just sucks that, that of the so from February, uh, February 28, um, until April 11th, 1980, 35 people were released. And the day, uh, let, me, before, let me back up. On February 28, the first warrant from the ATF was executed, but executed poorly in such a way that um, a couple of ATF agents and a couple of French civilians were killed. And that began a standoff between the ATF and the branch of the that ultimately lasted 51 days, which is where the hostage negotiator, or the negotiator from the FBI that has part of its administration based on, that's what he wanted. Um, and, so he just spent a lot of time negotiating, but uh, uh, according to his account, by April he was out. Um, and in the days leading up to of, uh, 11. Um, and someone else in the assault on April 11th, it was exactly our the open and they that to eventually exactly some of the people who were to get um, right to to come out and they would just release all of them and it just went um, the time. You, something tell, we'll see, and the and the told me that and watch the music and how they doing it. You'll see what actually took place in April 19th. Yeah, it still sure wasn't April 19th. Um, but anyway, so, so that was the fee. And we in between February 20th and before April 11th, 35 people were the FBI managed to rescue or get to come out. 35 people, many of them were kids. Uh, a company of kids, uh, a kid, without their parents, they um, um, so 35 kids were, most of the kids were um, left in the company. And then on that day, maybe a few more people left, including the guy named Kim Adele, who got out of the house um, for the company. But it at on 11, there was and I won't through what happened other than if you at 5.50 50 and you cheated at 5 and a.m., um with the compound Um and even in the movie, the incident where that I remember as a child, when I came home that day on April eleventh and I watched the movies. Again, I watched the Great Cloud Um I saw the American Side of anyway. I swear to you, I saw the American Flag anyway, and it was painful night. And I saw none of that in this ministry. And I don't know. Now I'm more than ever expecting confidence. Now I'm more than ever going to know that the best thing to happen. But nevertheless, I remember thinking when I was a child that everything had happened the way it should something. And it was just sad that they kicked out died and go they got ungrasped. But now I'm thinking, and I'm like, no, nah. Everything did not happen as it was supposed to I viewed that ministry from Netflix to let me know that you didn't change the whole time, Number two, um, seventy-six people died, 76 people died, that's just, that's a loss. But I only started when I to say, seventy-six people died, of the seventy-six, six, 25 is another That's a major loss. That's a major, major loss. Those kids, all of those kids, they should be negotiating for a lot of problems. The whole thing started out there, like, Saving of the lives could have been at like the up and instead of saving more lives, you get like 76 people off their lives, 25, 60, 60. Nice, man. and so you know, in the years leading to that, you certainly what I remember when I 12 before I left Egypt, now we know just going to, uh, you know, the Attorney General from the United States is going to defend the agents against attacks from and that they had, there was a real argument in terms of two such fires. Because there were three fires in three different times. Um, and that the nature at least, nature, you so now it's not that it's to say, that the fear that the government agreed on over 11 was a but it. Like, it is the title of the fear that they caught fire Hot to say it. Um, and so a lot of the British civilians and some people who generally are like anti government or critical of the government think that thought that at the time and accused the government at the time that using those types of flatteners and the fighters to solve it, it wasn't because of the FBI. And then the FBI is saying, oh no, the French started this process. Now they're in but we didn't want to take jobs you know, was a child. We didn't want to take jobs when we started shooting and them, them. They started to buy the gun. Um, and because they had a suicide bomb. And that's why they were building the arsenal op- op- and that they were going to, it was all part of the suicide bomb. And so that was the government's claim. And so then we you know that in, in July of, of 95, when it began to send the agents and our task against prisoners. Oh, they, they started to find the FBI yeah, started to find the YouTube flash images that they knew would cause fire um, in this incident, and they were never going to get it. They were just going to say, Oh no, none of that happened. None of that happened at all. It was a bad decision. And I, again, I'm 12 years old, newly 12 at this point. I have no call. Question her actions, except to say, I mean, I lost interest, but going back to it, it's like what we know is that there was a report, especially an independent investigation into the tragedy that continued, um, was continued in 1999, called the And basically, it's concluded that the FBI used to set the force to favor of the ADF, but that they ultimately blamed the fire on the red right civilians. And my thing is, it's like, I don't know how you could do that. I don't know how you to do that without having any evidence whatsoever as to buy you know, where the fire house. what I don't know. And maybe one of these victims to tell me But I don't know that they have fire investigators on these things before they could examine where the fire started before they bulldoze the place because they want to make sure that nobody, it did become a shrine, basically. I think they relied, if I'm not mistaken, they relied on testimony from the ATF and you know, the IO, where uh, the of Pavilion folks that they were sitting on that I down. He said the fire is was a good right now, I said, we didn't start to fire. And so I'm like, well, somebody started that fire. said, oh, by the way, why are you relying on the testimony of other people? People involved in the incident, why don't you just get a fire investigator? That's what they do, They were timing the how and when to fire the band. and And well, how and why fire the understand that like, don't know of or at least I have not you That's why I just think that, how could you conclude that the branch of the video who all of the who were in authority on that day are dead? How could you blame it? If you like, you blame, you blame something on someone you can't think of. I do know, I thought was Right. But anyway, so the ones that I think to in 1990 or 2000, you know, the dying and the the government was at fault in many ways. But ultimately, the death of these seventy-six uh, souls were in the hands So that's messed you up know, that to me. Um at the time. It's one of those things I don't have no idea to a lot of lot of bad things happen of unfortunate things happened a lot of mistakes and now we're just kind of like well what's meaningful and i don't think we it have it's happening uh, to my knowledge this was before the the incident with the mormon folks that were raided in mexico or what was that Mormon than given in texas, like texas it was like texas where that thing that, that mormon compound was um raided and found that it was Jesse, Warren Jeff, Warren Jeff. Not since Warren Jeff have you had we had a conversation about the United States Um, and like the merits of uh, government in the Although uh, Warren Jeff, wasn't really a question about government; it was just a question about the and the freedom and freedom. Unless we're talking about folks that are being embarrassed, and then talking about. Uh, landed, um, but outside of that, as it relates to the United States, the United States, the the last time the United States, the United States, the United States, really was States, the United what What to States, the United that the United States, the that States, the was States, the United States, the they all the United the black States, uh, the United States, the United the that the Again you. and what is But like, I don't know that he's really answered the question. I don't know that he's really answered the question to how we kind of allow them to coexist with the, the United States, I guess. And I don't know the told in the that the tell me things that the government is not to accepting this i mean and i'm not talking about what you guys are doing things like that i tons of terrible incidents even now um recently uh, just bad endings bad beginnings and terrible endings uh, with black men and women, trans uh trans folks bad ending there i'm going the government i don't know that we ever asked you the question i think it's a kind of you know and it's like, you know many like this kind of dug up those old feelings with me It's like, what is why like, do you want to solve this and how do you kinda of fix them thing Like how do we kinda of, like what do we do now? And it's one of those things you really don't have an answer to them, you gotta be vigilant, you gotta keep different things, you gotta you gotta just be vigilant and stay Keep your foot on the government's neck, or not even the government's neck. Sometimes more hard to get a hold of because you've got to be more critical. You've got to be more determined, You've got to be more, to be more critical thinking because when these incidents happen, they're already happening. And little that you can do, but there's a lot you can do in terms of holding folks accountable. Anyway. So anyway, um, I don't know. yeah. Nevertheless, if you haven't watched and you don't know anything about it. It's going to be a watch that. Again, I also you to look into of too. The stuff that you'll find online is largely going to be from the government perspective. It's going to be very pro-government. I was just asking you to kind of read between the lines there. Um, the government has been responsibility to or to, not only talking, they have every to look like that. they're more shiny than they are in that particular incident. And likewise, it's just interesting for you to, know more about their life and stuff and kind of what they were about. They weren't just about their crazy stuff you heard about crazy stuff and the things that you had been doing in these kind of year. There were more interesting things about So, um, Yeah, so looking into, looking into their time. And again, Bill, you know, what were you doing in that time? What did you think? What, what did you think about the interest? If you were outside of the United States and you heard of this and then you did not, um, what did you think? And what was there in the war Is there another war entity that was going to Um, in your corner of the world, what was going on in the UK I think time? I think a lot of listening to from the UK. What was happening in that time, to be there? Oh, yeah, at that time, what was happening in the UK at that time? What was happening in South Africa? Let's see, y'all. Uh, what was happening in South Africa at that
0: time? Um,
1: I know apartheid ended in 1990, so like, what was happening so many If you would like, so many I'd love to be from you. Absolutely, um, thank you for listening today. Um, definitely a message about it. I'd love to hear from you about what you were thinking, what you were feeling about this case, how old you were, and what was going on in your life at that time. Um, certainly, what you think about it now. Um, I'd love to hear from you. In the show notes of a link that you can put so And you can click to a person to give You don't have to download it from so anywhere. You, you will leave me a message. Um, and yeah, and then while you're there, you can also donate it. from um, me. Even 99 cents would be a helpful contribution. But if you're not able to be updating, um, you are more than welcome to just leave your favorable rating five stars to be thanked. Um, and then share this episode with anybody in your life who's appreciate it Or in, uh, <coughs> any other episodes that have been met or received. possible um, I hope I keep the to think about, look at different so all about the it, certainly podcasts, but, um, so yeah, you can yeah, right here, uh, anyway, so this-